Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us for another hope-filled message. And our prayer is that you are encouraged by this powerful Sunday sermon. Good morning, good morning. Everyone well? So good to be joining with East, with West, with Tauranga, up at Snell's online. 32 years, just, just out of interest. How many people in every location online here in the auditorium are either under 32 years old or have a child under 32 years old? Give me a wave. If that's you, give me a wave. Oh my gosh. Fossils everywhere. It's awesome. Come on, give me one more wave. If you are under, uh, anyone thank God for the church of Jesus Christ who for generations and decades. Come on, I'm, anyone grateful to God that 32 years ago he spoke to a couple about a dream in their heart which is now known as life and my life is different because of God's prompting and some people's obedience. And today we get to celebrate 32 years, not of a brand, not of some people, although they deserve celebrating, but 32 years of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, His leading and His guiding and His church. I reckon we should put our hands together and thank God for what He's done. Come on, East, West, Tauranga, Snells online. So, so good. Can we thank our worship team this morning? They are awesome. 32 years in, life looks a little bit different than it did 32 years ago. It started just down the road in Teachers Training College. Um, started with Pastor Paul on a guitar. He would be the first to say, thank the Lord we have graduated from those days. Uh, and I don't know at what point of the journey you came. I came in at about year 14, so I've been here for a few years now. Some have been here longer, some have been here less. But I've got to tell you, at 32 years, we stop and we celebrate what God has done but we also look forward into what He is going to do. Our greatest days are not in 32 years behind, but the church's greatest days are in 32 years ahead, should Jesus tarry. But uh, I don't know about you, but I wish sometimes life came with an instruction manual. Like at certain junctures and at certain points in time, I wish we had a, an instruction manual uh, for life. I, I don't know about you, I, I'm not great with instructions. This is like confession. This is good therapy for me. Uh, I'm not great with instructions. I remember when Amanda and I first got married, we were in America, we bought a dining room table. And uh, the dining room table came in a flat pack. I don't know who designs those flat packs, but they are of the devil, whoever they are. Uh, and I look at the, the, the instructions, there's like 40 pages of instructions for like four legs and a flat top. I'm like, how, how do you overcomplicate that? So I'm like, no, I got this. I pulled together the thing. There's like the centerpiece. I start putting the legs out of it. I got a little bit stuck, so I jumped in at page four and started to move forward. And when I got to the place where you place the tabletop on front, on page one, there was, in the centerpiece, you're supposed to put this claw-looking thing that holds up that then the table sits on top of to hold the table. But that was on page one. I started on page four. And if you think I'm gonna undo all of that work just for a little claw, it's not gonna happen. So we sat for the next few years with this tabletop precariously balanced <laughs> until we had kids that would climb up and hold down. So then I had to undo the whole thing and, and, and undo it. But I wish sometimes every season of life there was an instruction manual. There were 
Step one, step two, step three, this is what you gotta do in this point. And 32 years ago, life started with one instruction and it started with magnify the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus, be a church that impacts and changes our generation with the reality of not who life is, not who a brand is, not a building, but a saviour and his name is Jesus. And our, our commitment 32 years on is still the same, that we would start with the person of God. And I reckon what was the foundation 32 years ago would be a great thing for us to revisit again today and remind ourselves that this started with God. This has been sustained by God. This is to the best of leadership's ability being led by God and the future will be the same. We, it may look a bit different. We may be uh, a bit different than the teacher's training college and 43 people with Pastor Paul on the guitar this morning. We've got a few more campuses and a few more people and a bit more complexity when it comes to technical, when I say a bit more, like a lot more complexity when it comes to technical, that there may be some things that have changed, but the foundation is still the same. We are still here to lift up the name of Jesus, to come together on a Sunday and then Monday through Saturday, go out and be disciples where we are following Jesus and creating a pathway for others to follow Jesus. Let's be committed to not just starting with God 32 years ago, at 32 years into the journey, let's start with God. I love Proverbs chapter one, verse three to seven. It says this, these are the wise sayings of Solomon. David's son, Israel's king, written down so we'll know how to live well and right. To understand what life means and where it is going. Here it is, a manual for living, for learning what's right and just and fair, to teach the inexperienced the ropes. Do you know that life has a way of reminding us that we are continually inexperienced? Like, just when I thought I was getting good at parenting my girls, they leave home. And all of a sudden, I'm inexperienced of being a parent of a 22-year-old. Just when I thought we were getting into a good groove, my parents-in-law, Amanda's parents are moving close and for the first time in 25 years of marriage, we are living in the same city as in-laws, which I'm so excited about, but I'm inexperienced about. I don't know what that looks like to do that. You know that 18 months ago, my boss, Pastor Paul, transitioned out after I'd worked for him for 16 years and now Pastor Luke's in and I love it and it's going well, but I'm inexperienced at that. Do you know that life has a way of causing us to be inexperienced? If we just keep living There'll be cycles and seasons where we are inexperienced about what life has thrust upon us. And the Bible says to teach the inexperienced. That's not young people. That's every season of life. The Bible's got something to tell us. To give our young people a grasp on reality. Listen to me. Young person, don't look for the world to tell you what reality is. Look to the Bible to tell you what reality is. It says it's a manual for living to give us a grasp on reality. There is something here also for the seasoned men and women. Those more experienced among us, there's something here for you as well. Still a two, a thing or two for the experience to learn. Fresh wisdom to probe and penetrate. The rhythms and the seasons of wise men and women. Here it is, start with God. Start with God is the first step in learning Sorry, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. Only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom 
and learning. Have you ever experienced that success in one area of life can make you feel like you're failing in another area of life? Uh, I have been doing ministry now for, I think, 27 years or something. And I remember when I first started, and Amanda and I have, that's all we've ever known. We've, we've worked at church our entire marriage. That's all we've ever known. And as you continue to say yes to God, and as you continue just to try and do your best with whatever he's placed in your hands, it's amazing how uh, more doors and more opportunities open, and God kind of expands your ability to play your part in what he, whatever you're a part of. And uh, uh, there's been many times in life, maybe you don't work in church, but you can relate to this as your career begins to flourish and begin to get more opportunity, you feel like you're failing at home and, and life can tend to feel like a bit of a seesaw at times where, man, do I, do I have to be up here and I have to be down here? Do I have to be up at, come on, am I, I feel like I'm confessing a whole lot this morning and come on, anyone ever feel like that where you feel like, man, if, if I have success here or if I move forward in this area, then it's at the expense of this area and can I tell you that when we start with God, when we put first things first, we can get off the seesaw because God wants to be first, not just in our career, but in our parenting, in our marriage, in our finance, in our family, in every area of life and when first things comes first, it's amazing how it brings healthy rhythms and healthy balance, and a come follow me, not as a 2023 banner over our year, but a daily posture of God, when it comes to my marriage, I wanna follow you. When it comes to what I do Monday through Friday, I wanna follow you. When it comes to my finances, when it comes to my internal world, if we would start with God in every area of our life, I believe we can get off the seesaw of I have to up and down and working and not working, and, but God, I'm gonna start with you to the best of my ability in every area and watch you bring fruit in every area of my life. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. I don't know about you, but I'm often tempted to seek all of these things rather than seeking first his kingdom, and then all of these things will be added unto you. Mark Sayers, who has an amazing podcast, he puts it this way, we can so easily get caught up in wanting the kingdom without the king. God first prioritizes his kingdom, not our kingdom. And as we start with God, it's amazing how all these other things tend to take care of themselves. There's a guy in the Bible, his name's Solomon. And if you read his journey, he had an encounter with God and God said to him, hey, Solomon, what do you want? Do you want wisdom? Do you want riches or do you want influence? And Solomon, who is known as the wisest man to ever live, said, I don't want wisdom first, sorry, I don't want riches first and I don't want influence first, I want wisdom first. And if you read the story of his life through choosing wisdom, he got riches and he got influence. It's amazing how when we submit our dreams to the plans of God and put him first, then all these things will be added unto you. There is no one, the guy standing before you today with a microphone, there is no one in this auditorium or online who is more surprised at the life I get to live than me. The wife I get to have, I married eight steps above my band and I married way out of my league. I, I look at her 25 years later and say, God, how did this happen? I'm dead serious. 
Because her when we met, her story to that point and my story to that point, we should not have connected. But the Holy Spirit blinded her. Kind of like the story of Mary. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her eyes to my story and my looks. When it comes to what I get to do with my life in terms of serving people and serving our church, there is no one who is more grateful or surprised. Because I know me and I know my story. But it's amazing how when you put God first, all the dreams of your heart find a way to come to the fore and get expression. Can I encourage us, 32 years in, we're in a beautiful building, we've got a great story. There have been thousands upon thousands of people who have found faith in Jesus through the story of what God has done here. There have been marriages that have been restored, hopelessness that has been overcome with hope, brokenness that has been overcome with healing. There has been so many things that has happened in 32, but in 32 years in, let's not start putting our hope in the things that God has done. Let's put our hope in the person of Jesus and put Him first and say, God, would you continue to lead and would you continue to guide us into the future? So how do I start with God? Like, what does it look like to start when, it's, when it comes to our relationships and our finance and the next six, 12 months of the year? It's only, I'm not like Pastor Luke. I was just about to say it's only X amount of days till Christmas. I have no flipping idea. Like, it's a few months till Christmas. Uh, what, what does the rest of this year look like when it comes to start? How do I start with God? The answer to how I start with God is in the statement, how do I start with God? I literally start with God. Number one, every day, I start with God. When a new day begins, begin it with Him. Begin it asking Him what He thinks and saying, God, I give this day to you. I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress in this area. Amanda and I just bought two old school alarm clocks. Like old school alarm clocks. You know the ones with the time on it that you plug into the wall? Old school alarm clocks. And our commitment in this next season is I'm gonna put my phone to bed. I'm gonna parent my phone. Come on, some adults need to learn this. You need to parent your phone. Put it to bed, tell it to shut up. You know why? Because I want the first part of my morning not, what does the New Zealand Herald say? By how many points did the All Blacks beat Italy because I went to sleep? I, I don't want that to be the first thing in my morning. I want the first thing of my morning to be, God, I give this day to you. Would you speak to me? Would you feel me? Would you every day start with God? You know, every day we are spending our time like we're spending our money. And I want to encourage, spend the first part of our time with Jesus. Here's a thought. We are shaped by what we start with. We are shaped by what we start with. What we start with will set the trajectory of our soul for the day. Uh, when I begin my day with Jesus, not social media, not the news, I'm a way better version of myself. Because I find if I start with the news, I'm depressed. So much rain, there's been more rain than ever before. It's gonna be the driest summer in history, watch out for droughts. All blacks, they're falling apart. Our day in, in the spotlight is over. Italy. Italy. 
they were flawless and meticulous. Like it was unbelievable. Like, you ever notice the New Zealand Herald is bipolar? <laughs> or if I, start with, if I start with social media and I've got a huge week in front of me and I see a friend of mine who's on a holiday in Bali. <laughs> Bless you. Hope there's a tornado. <laughs> and I begin to compare my reality. But if I start my day with Jesus, God, everything in my day today, what's your lens on it? What's your, come follow me is more than a catchphrase, it's a posture. Jesus, today I wanna follow you. I gotta get the word into me. Yeah, but I've read the word for years and nothing is in there. Uh, and it's made no difference to my life. The psalmist says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not go against you. If that's true, is the opposite side of the same coin true? Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might draw close to you. What would it look like if we started the day with him? G.K. Chesterton says this, the riddles of God are more satisfying than the solutions of man. The riddles of God are more satisfying than the solutions of man. Let's start every day with God, church. Let's start, God, what is your, when it comes to everything I'm facing today, what is your plan for the day? Worship is not a feeling that produces an act. It's an act that sometimes produces a feeling. I wanna feel like worshiping. Out of 25 years of marriage, I reckon there's been about 12 and a half of them that Amanda hasn't felt like being married. But worship is an act that produces a feeling, not a feeling that produces an act. Let's be committed to drawing close to the person of Jesus. Every day, start with God. Secondly, every decision, start with God. Where do I live? Start with God. Who do I marry? Listen, single people, start with God. Don't be so committed to getting married that you're values begin to drop down every single year until you get to a point where whoever's got a breath and a pulse, I'll take them. Because <laughs> I've seen in, in years of pastoring people, I've seen it and it never ends well. How do I steward my finances? Listen, start with God. Broncos or Penrith? <laughs> Come on, how many people are believing for Broncos tonight? Give me a wave. Four of you. Believing with you. How many are believing for the Penrith tonight? How many have no idea what I'm talking about? Who thinks we should keep sport out of church? Okay. Do I support the Warriors again for 2020? No, 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 don't worry about it. We should think what does God think about this before we think about anything else? We should start with God, not end with God. Can I be really honest? Based on weather, I would not live in Auckland. I'm just saying. Based on petrol prices, I would not live in New Zealand. Based on housing, I wouldn't be here. Based on opportunity for universities for my kids, there's three of them, I wouldn't be here. 
based on the call of God and where God has asked me to be and the relational and the connection, this is exactly where I would live. I would not live anywhere else because all of that stuff is peripheral to where God has called me to live. And so many people, I've met five people in the last three weeks who are moving to a different country, Australia, and I say, why? Listen, why? Every one of them, bar none, houses are cheaper. Well, I hope that creates a great environment for your kids to love God. Petrol's cheaper. I hope the $37 you save a week is worth it. Well, there's sunshine every day. Awesome. (laughs) Buy an umbrella. I was talking to a friend of mine this week who left New Zealand 15 years ago for opportunity and finance. And not one of his kids is serving God anymore. Every one of them when they were here. Now, am I saying just because you stay here then there's a guarantee that everyone, no, no, kids become adults and adults make decisions. But am I saying the best thing you can do as a parent, keep them in a place where they are flourishing and hearing the word of God and... I'm moving to Aussie, awesome. Uh, Why are you moving? Because of houses, because of gas prices, because there's better opportunity. Uh, By the way, is there a church over there? Start with that question. Too soon, too raw, too real? Every one of us would have someone in that spot. Every decision, start with God. How many of my decisions reflect me following God versus God following me? Just, Just asking. And I've got three fingers pointed at me while I'm having this discussion here. Matthew 16 says this, that Jesus is leading, leaving earth. He says, I'm leaving and I'll no longer be with you, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Who will? Who will? Babe, can you come on up here for a minute, please? Who will take you by the hand and lead you into all the Father has for you. The Bible says that Jesus is Sending the Holy Spirit who will take you by the hand. Listen, it's relational. This isn't religious. This isn't you've got to do this because of the 10 rules. This is you've got to do this because there's a Father in heaven who knows better than you do, has a different vantage point than you do, and wants you to lead us into the future that He has for us. But here's most Christians. No, here's a lot of Christians' relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. He's going to take you by the hand, and I'll lead Him. God, I'm going to move to the Gold Coast because it's sunny over there. Let's go do that. God, I'm going to change jobs because there's more pay over there and there's more opportunity over there. Let's do that. God, I'm going to marry this person and I just want your blessing on this where he says, I'll take you by the hand and I'll lead you into the plans and the purposes that I have for you. What would it look like if we took the hand of the Holy Spirit in relationship by starting with him every day? And then saying, God, every decision, would you lead me into the future that you have for me? 32 years on, Pastor Paul has, and now Pastor Luke and Missy, have modeled what it looks like to the best of their ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. Let's not leave that because it looks a little bit different. 25 years into marriage, whatever it looks like, 30 years into a career for you, or 10 years into child raising, or now we're not just struggling with finances. When life begins to get a bit of momentum, don't take the lead seat continue in the posture of Holy Spirit, every decision, I'm gonna leave it to you in Jesus' name. Come on, every decision, start with God. Number three, every disagreement. 
I can do a lot of things in a disagreement that I regret that could have been avoided if I had started with God. Proverbs 19.11 says this, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and it's to his glory to overlook a transgression. Do you know that it glorifies God every time we overlook a transgression because we are the only created thing that has the power to do that? You want me to prove it to you? Go take a steak out of a lion's mouth. Go slap a dog. Go to anything else created by God, wrong it, and you see if it'll overlook the transgression. But humanity has the ability to overlook transgressions. And the Bible says it's to God's glory. Do you know that social media has made it so hard? Because I can just throw something out there on keyboard courage and then retract it like it's an, an apology. That's not an apology. Every disagreement, let's start with God. Don't jump on social media. Don't give someone a piece of your mind. You haven't got enough to give a piece away. I don't have enough to give a piece away. I need all of my mind. Let, let's say, God, in this disagreement, what would you do in this moment? What's your pathway? What's your plan? How do I start with you in this moment? Because every disagreement has the power to create a healthy solution and strengthen a relationship, not tear it apart. Come on, every, so every day, every decision, every disagreement, and lastly, every difficulty, let's start with God. Anyone have any difficult seasons? Oh my gosh. People are living the dream. You want to swap lives? Online, west, east, Tauranga, surely. Not in Tauranga. Uh, it's like moving to the Gold Coast. Anyone? <laughs> Come on, anyone ever had a disagreement? Anyone ever had a difficulty? Come on, give me a wave. Have you ever had difficulty? 32 years in, I could t- keep you here. I've been here 17, 18 years. I could keep you here till 6 p.m. service tonight talking about the difficulties in the challenge of life and where we've gone and what we've happened and what's gone on. The greatest one we're facing at the moment is a founding pastor who is facing stage four cancer, terminal cancer, and we are starting with God on that. God, what are you doing in this? What are you saying in this? What the enemy meant for bad, you're gonna bring good out of it. God, let's find out what you're doing in this. Every difficulty start with God. If we don't start with God when a difficulty comes, we'll start to ask questions like, I thought God was good. God, I used to feel your presence, but you're gone. Because we've allowed the difficulty to become bigger than the God who wants to lead us through the difficulty. When we start with God, when we're in a tough spot, it looks like a posture of surrender. Of God, this is tough, but I give it to you. God, this is challenging, but I give it to you. And I've done it both ways when it comes to difficulties. I've started with my own. I'm gonna get myself through this. Sometimes it's turned out okay. Most of the time it hasn't turned out well. But if I can just make a decision, God, this sucks. But you lead me through it. What would it look like if for the next 32 years, life, remember life is not a building, life is you and I, it's it's people. If every day we started with God, what would it look like if every decision we started with God? 
What would it look like if every difficulty we started with God? I wonder what life would look like in the next 32 years. I wonder what the current thing that you're facing would journey through if we invited God into it. I say, God, what is it that you want to do? I wonder today how many people would, would you just give me a wave if you are either currently facing a disagreement, currently in a difficulty, or currently have a decision that you're facing? Give me a wave. I got my hand up. Now, I'm not going to get you to the front and say, now tell me about your difficulty. I'm just saying, if you're facing either a decision, a difficulty, or a disagreement at the moment, give me a wave. Please. Because here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand up and we're going to worship God and we're going to say, God, nothing else matters. In this moment, not the decision doesn't matter, you matter. The difficulty doesn't matter, you matter. Uh, the disagreement doesn't matter, you matter. Because if I can put you first, then Holy Spirit, you'll take me by the hand and you'll lead me through so that in 12 months time, my life looks more like who Jesus is, not more like the decisions and the grit that I can bear through. God, can we start with you? And then for some of us, make a decision on the way home, go past Noel Leeming, buy an alarm clock and put your phone to bed. Get an old school paper Bible. I'm sorry, I'm preaching off an iPad. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely tried to find a Bible before this just so I didn't have to have that moment. What would it look like if we woke up in the morning? Where do I start? Okay, start with Psalms and Proverbs. On the first of the month, start with Psalm 1. Tomorrow is the 1st of October. It's my birthday month, by the way. Tomorrow starts with the 1st of October. Start with Psalm 1 or Proverbs chapter 1 and say, God, speak to me out of this. Do I have to read the whole proverb? No, nope. stop when either God speaks or you get to the end of the chapter. There are your two things. If God speaks, stop. Don't just keep plowing through. Meditate on that. If God doesn't rhyme a word, you just read the chapter and your word have I hidden in my heart so that I might draw close to you over a period of time. Come on, can we stand to our feet? Can we stand to our feet? Church, I, I, I found it inadequate, my, my ability to put language around this inadequate, because if we could just put God first, it would change everything. It would change our day, it would change our decisions, it would change our disagreements, and it would change our difficulties if we could just put God first. So come on, all over this building, online, Tauranga, East, Snells, if you're available, on, if you can online, would we lift every hand if you, if you, and say, Jesus, I wanna put you in this moment. I wanna push all that stuff aside and I wanna focus on you because ultimately there are seasons in life. Some of them are difficult. Some of them are celebratory. But at the end of the day, they are just that. They are seasons. They will come to an end. But Jesus, You are greater than any season. You are greater than any challenge. You last longer than anything I face. And I want You. Nothing else but You will matter. Nothing else that You will satisfy in this moment. I want to start with you. Come on, church, let's worship God and let's declare, here I am. Jesus, would You fill me? Would You reveal Yourself to me? Would You, would you come and meet me in my difficulty, in my disagreement, in my moment? Come on.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. I trust you're encouraged by this incredibly powerful word. You know, you've always got a place to call home here at Life, and I want to encourage you to join us in one of our campuses in Auckland or Tauranga, or why don't you join us at Church Online. To find out more about life and to stay connected with us, why don't you visit lifenz.org.